Welcome to the ET Considers Everything podcast for Wednesday, April 8th, 2020. On this edition, we'll be taking a look back at the two-night extravaganza known as WrestleMania 36. For the first night ever, it was too big for one night only, so they done it over two nights. And that was the first time ever that they done that. So really unique in that sense. And thought it was really cool that they done it in that format. And um, I figured I'd go ahead and share with you all my thoughts on WrestleMania 36 and give you my review for it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get going with this, ladies and gentlemen. On this part of the podcast, we'll be doing part one of WrestleMania 36, which took place Saturday night from the... WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. The first match of WrestleMania 36 was between the challengers Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross taking on the women's tag team champions Asuka and Kyrie Sane. This was a very strong back and forth match. All members of the match hit their big time moves, but at the end Alexa Bliss would hit Twisted Bliss at the end on Kyrie Sane to get the one, two, three, and we would have new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. The second match of WrestleMania 36 was between Elias and King Corbin. Now this one started off unconventional, of course. Um, we had Baron Corbin come down to the ring. Uh, Elias would have his guitar coming out, kind of surprised Baron Corbin, didn't even know if he was gonna be there due to his attack that he had a couple weeks ago on SmackDown. And ultimately, Elias would come towards the ring and hit Baron Corbin in the back of the neck with the uh, guitar, get him in the ring, and ultimately, um, uh, Elias would try to go for a pinfall early on, but the referee had to make sure that Baron Corbin was ready for the match. Baron Corbin was ready, so the match would get underway. King Corbin and Elias would go back and forth. Pretty solid action between these two. Went about 10 minutes, and ultimately, uh, King Corbin would try to steal a victory at the end, having his feet on the ropes. Uh, The referee, Jessica Carr, would catch him. Elias would do the same trick, this time with the tights on King Corbin. Ultimately, uh, Jessica Carr would not see Elias do this trick. Elias would get the pinfall 1-2-3, and Elias would defeat King Corbin. The third match of WrestleMania 36 on night one was between the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch and her challenger for that night, uh, Shayna Baszler. Uh, this was a very strong matchup that went back and forth all the way, really till the second half of the match. And then Shayna Baszler ultimately dominated the second half of the match, hitting ground strikes, hitting kicks, using her MMA experience to uh, tone down the assault by Becky Lynch. And Ultimately, Shannon Baszler would get um, Becky Lynch into the uh, clutch move that she would uh, use to make her opponent submit. Becky would uh, get out of it. Then, ultimately, Shannon Baszler would get Becky Lynch into her own disarmor move, and Becky Lynch would know a counter for that. She would counter it, roll Shannon Baszler up, and pin her one, two, three. So the winner and still Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. Now, uh, a lot of people might not agree with me on this take, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. I really feel like that Shayna Baszler should have won this match uh, simply because it's a new challenge for Becky Lynch. And it's for something for Becky Lynch to overcome later when she wins the title once again. 
Now, um, do I have a problem with Becky Lynch winning? No, I ultimately don't. But I feel like the right decision to make here would have been to have Shayna Baszler go over Becky Lynch during this first match. And then Becky Lynch maybe get her back either at Money in the Bank or at uh, one of the summer pay-per-views, uh, either at Extreme Rules or at SummerSlam. So, a very strong match, though. Becky Lynch retains her Raw Women's Championship. And now, as of this recording here on Wednesday, April 8th, 2020, Becky Lynch has been Raw Women's Champion for 366 days, over one year for the man, Becky Lynch. The next matchup was between Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn entered this match as the Intercontinental Champion. Daniel Bryan would really dominate this match. And, you know, it's kind of a shame because Sami Zayn has been used here lately as a manager and has really not uh, gotten his fair shake of being a competitor. But you could see the glimpses of Sami Zayn being able to compete here once again and being back in the ring. And it was very good to see Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan have a match because this is one of the matches that you've wanted to see for a very long time. Uh, really, I believe the last time that they fought each other was back in Ring of Honor when Sami Zayn was El Generico and Daniel Bryan was Brian Danielson. So, a very strong matchup here. Sami Zayn at the end of the match would catch Daniel Bryan with a huluva kick uh, in the middle of the ring. Uh, Daniel Bryan would try a diving headbutt on a down Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn would get back up, hit the Huluva kick, pin him 1-2-3, and Sami Zayn remains your Intercontinental Champion here at WrestleMania 36. Match 5 of Night 1 was a triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. It was a singles match because ultimately the Miz um, was... Uh, storyline hurt for this match so it was John Morrison defending the Smackdown Tag Team Championships on behalf of his team against Kofi Kingston of the New Day and Jimmy Uso of the Usos. Now uh, the best way to me to handle this would have been to say oh well Big E got injured in that uh, big confrontation there Friday night on Smackdown and they didn't clear him to compete so now we're going to have to do a triple threat ladder match. Uh, now, this was your typical WWE ladder match. All men went hard at it here. Um, back and forth action. All men used the ladder. Um, John Morrison done a beautiful Spanish fly after tight roping the top rope um, from right to left across the ring ropes and then hitting the Spanish fly on the Jimmy Uso. And, uh, you know, just lots of great moves here. Kofi would hit his SOS, would hit his... Um, um, hit his big kick there and you know just to hit a lot of great moves and it was very strong to see all these men be in a setting that they're uh, comfortable with Jimmy Uso would hit a, several flying splashes hit several super kicks um, all these men are very athletic and ultimately at the end of the match John Morrison would retain the Smackdown Tag Team Championships after all three men would grab down the WWE symbol holding the championships up with the latch and then um, as they were trying to shake it off um, and they knocked John Morrison off John Morrison grabbed both titles unlatched them and uh, they both fell down with him so as a result of that John Morrison grabbed both championships and him and the Miz would retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships as a result of that 
match six was a, a hard hitting affair between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Um, it turned into a no holds barred match after Seth Rollins got himself intentionally disqualified uh, during the uh, first portion of the match. Second portion of the match was all Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens would hit an elbow drop from the top of the WrestleMania logo behind the announce desk onto Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins would try to hit a stomp on Owens as both men tried to get back into the ring. Owens would reverse it, hit a stunner, pin Seth Rollins 1-2-3, and, and he would win both matches. So the winner of that match would be Kevin Owens. Match 7 would be between Braun Strowman and Goldberg for the Universal Championship. Now, uh, people are wondering why... Um, Roman Reigns wasn't in this match. That's because Roman Reigns decided to stay home to be with his family and to not travel across the country due to his health and due to his uh, leukemia that he had last year. That's a strong move on his point. I uh, give him a lot of credit for that. Ultimately, Goldberg would hit four spears on Braun Strowman, get a couple near falls. Uh, Strowman would hit three power slams and they'd hit a fourth running power slam Pin Goldberg, one, two, three, and you would have a new Universal Champion. So Braun Strowman wins the Universal Championship and his first world title in WWE just several months after winning the Intercontinental Championship. Main event of night one was the Boneyard match between Undertaker and AJ Styles. And I'll get to, into more of that one here as the second segment begins. Well, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to... The E.T. Considers Everything podcast, the 50th edition of the E.T. Considers Everything podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me today, ladies and gentlemen. Back with my review of the Boneyard match in night two in just a few moments. Welcome back to the E.T. Considers Everything podcast for... Wednesday, April 8th, 2020. At this time, I'd like to look at the main event of night one of WrestleMania 36 and then go into talking about night two of WrestleMania 36. Now, of course, the main event of night one of WrestleMania was the Boneyard match between the phenomenal AJ Styles against the Phenom, The Undertaker. Now, this match was very different from all the matches that were filmed earlier in the day at the performance center this one was at night it was in a uh, cemetery type setting in florida and they done an amazing job kind of looked like it was almost at the everglades in my opinion and really it was a perfect setting for these two uh, they started off the segment with aj styles making his entrance uh, but he used the undertaker's entrance music and it was kind of uh, unique kind of a different feel to it but uh, definitely one that will uh, definitely be remembered on moving forward. Uh, the Undertaker would make his entrance and he would use Metallica's new theme song. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was something, I think it was like Walk to Death or something like that. It was really good. And he would show up with a bandana, with a leather vest, and black jean pants. We all knew what that meant. Big Evil was back. So it was Big Evil, Undertaker against AJ Styles. and uh, This match went back and forth for a while. Really, Undertaker had the, do uh, 
dominant hand throughout most of the match. Undertaker would hit his hand through a uh, hearse window on the hearse that AJ Styles used to make his entrance at. And really, it changed the complexity of this match because really, it did sincerely hurt The Undertaker. They had to stop filming for a few minutes, let him catch his breath, and then they uh, got back into it. They said in total, this match took eight hours to film. And I can believe that with everything that was involved in it. It was really cool to see you know, Undertaker and AJ Styles, they're uh, two of the best of their generation. Undertaker's the best of my generation. AJ Styles could be considered the best of this current generation right now. Like I said, they went back and forth. Um, Undertaker would hit a um, would hit a tombstone on the Luke Gallows on top of the uh, roof that they were using, and Carl uh, uh, Anderson would be thrown off from the roof through some uh, wooden pallets. And then AJ would take a ginormous choke slam from the uh, top of the roof structure all the way down to the floor in the grass. And I give AJ a lot of credit for taking that bump. Not a lot of people would be able to. And they get back fighting towards the gra uh, grave area. Um, it was looking poised as if Undertaker was going to win the match, throw AJ in the grave. But both men embraced with each other. And that was very uh, interesting to see after everything that AJ had said. And uh, AJ was like, no, or Undertaker was like, no, I'm not going to bury you. You know, you've fought your ass off in this match. Excuse my language for the kids that are listening to this. And he he did fight his tail off. And that's one thing that's very important to know. And that's what I love to see. You love to see people give it their all. And that's what Undertaker and AJ did. They hugged each other. Uh, Undertaker was going to walk off. And then he remembered, yeah. I'm not going to do this because you did say a lot of hurtful things about my wife and my family. Booted him in the grave. Undertaker would start up the uh, excavator with all the dirt in it. Uh, would move it towards the grave and bury AJ. And with one hand symbolic letting people know that AJ was okay. And at the end of it, Undertaker would get back on his bike. He would do the big evil salute with the one fist um, fist in the air and the uh, Undertaker symbol would be lit up in purple and it would have flames around it and that would be the end of night one now AJ and the OC did get some advantage in that matchup early or middle portions of the match AJ had an opportunity to bury Undertaker alive but Undertaker got back up behind AJ while he was driving the uh, excavator with the dirt in it and Undertaker took control of the match and that's what I mentioned earlier. So the winner of the Boneyard match would be the Phenom, the Undertaker. He would go to 25-2 and two all time at WrestleMania. Night 2 of WrestleMania would be held on Sunday, April 5th, 2020 and this match was the opener. It was Charlotte Flair, the 2020 women's Royal Rumble winner taking on the NXT Women's Champion Rhea Ripley. Now this match was fantastic. Back and forth both women gave it their all. Uh, Rhea hit a riptide early in the match. Looks like she was going to pin Charlotte early. Charlotte kicked out at two and then they both fought back and forth with each other. Charlotte would continuously try to go for the uh, 
figure four leg lock, uh, Rhea would reverse it. And then ultimately at the end, uh, Charlotte would finally get the uh, figure four uh, leg lock in after Rhea Ripley had uh, hit her uh, um, standing Texas Cloverleaf submission on to Charlotte. Charlotte would reverse that, get in the figure four, hold it for a little bit, and then finally transition into the figure eight. This would force Rhea Ripley to submit, and the winner of the match and new NXT Women's Champion would be Charlotte Flair. Match two of night two of WrestleMania 36 was the Dutch Destroyer, Aleister Black, taking on Bobby Lashley. And this match was solid. You know, it was, served its purpose. It was match number two on WrestleMania 36 and night two. And ultimately, uh, Bobby Lashley would hit a huge belly-to-belly -belly overhead suplex early on in the match and really make the fans think, oh, well, you know, Aleister Black, he could be in trouble in this match. It was looking as if Bobby Lashley was going to go for a dominator on to Aleister Black. Um, his wife, Lana, would get up on the apron and says, no, no, I don't want the dominator. Hit him with the spear. Hit him with the spear. And uh, Bobby Lashley would oblige. He would run for the spear, and then Aleister Black would hit a spinning 360 fade to Black for the 1-2-3, and Aleister Black would be the winner. So the winner, match two of night two of WrestleMania 36, would be Aleister Black. Match three would be the match that I was kind of looking forward to a lot. It would be between Otis of Heavy Machinery and the show-off Dolph Ziggler. Now, this storyline's played out for a couple months on the SmackDown brand. Um, it was looking poised that Mandy and Mandy Rose and Otis were going to go out on a date on Valentine's Day. But ultimately, it was found out through backstage videos and um, perpetrity that Sonya Deville had ultimately um, ruined those plans for Mandy and Otis telling Otis that Mandy would be late to the date and uh, to show up at a later time. And thus, this would set up the ploy between Sonya and Dolph. Dolph would get Mandy, and Dolph and Mandy would be happy. This played out Friday night on SmackDown when they showed this video package and Killer Cross had created it. So, really cool to see what took place between these individuals. Um, and I really enjoyed the storytelling on this as the match progressed it looked as if Dolph was going to win after Dolph had hit a zigzag onto Otis and hit a low blow on him with the referee's back turned and distracted thanks to Sonya Mandy's uh, Mandy Rose's entrance music would play Mandy would uh, stroll down to the ring and would absolutely slap the heck out of um, Sonya Deville and uh, she would distract uh, the referee, would be looking at Sonya, and ultimately the re Otis and the referee would be talking. Uh, uh, Mandy would hit the low blow on the Dolph, and then um, Otis would hit the Caterpillar elbow strike for the 1-2-3. So the winner of this match would be Otis. Fantastic ending. And Otis ultimately and Mandy celebrated, and Otis kissed Mandy, and it was a very cool moment. Would have been a whole lot better if a crowd would have been there, 
but it was very cool to see that take place. Match four was, in my opinion, the most emotionally charged match that I'd seen on WWE television in years. It was the last man standing match between Edge and Randy Orton. This match went 36 minutes, went back and forth for a long time. Both men got a lot of their big moves in. Edge would hit multiple spears. Randy Orton would hit multiple RKOs. But at the end of it, poetic justice would serve today as Edge would hit a concerto on Randy Orton after getting him in a, a key lock submission move to pass him out. And Edge would be the winner of the last man standing match after the concerto shot and the referee would count to 10. So a triumphant homecoming for Edge in his return to WrestleMania. First match, singles match in nine years. So congratulations to Edge. Fifth match of WrestleMania 36 and night two was Angel Garza and Austin Theory challenging the Street Profits for the Raw Tag Team Championships. This really was nothing more than to showcase the talents of Garza and Theory and to show how strong the Street Profits are. I give it one and a half stars. It really wasn't the best match in the world, but the Street Profits would hit a splash onto the back of the neck of Austin Theory after he had uh, Montez Ford covered. And one, two, three, the uh, Raw Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits, would retain. Match six of night two of WrestleMania 36 was the fatal five-way elimination match for the SmackDown Women's Championship as it would be Bayley as the champion, taking on challengers Sasha Banks, Naomi, Tamina, and Lacey Evans. Now, this story um, was really a good one throughout, and really everybody was kind of waiting and hoping for the Sasha Banks heel turn or face turn on to Bailey. Um, ultimately, it would never happen. It was looking as if it was going to happen as they got down to the final three in the match. The first person eliminated in the match was Tamina after she hit a lot of super kicks and hit a couple big splashes from the top ropes for near falls. Um, every person in the match would punch her down, knock her down, pin her one, two, three, and that would be it for Tamina. Naomi would be eliminated next in the match after she got in a lot of her offense with her spinning heel kicks and the uh, rear view that she likes to use as her finisher. And uh, Sasha Banks would make Naomi submit to the bank statement. It would go down to Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Lacey Evans as the final three. And now, um, a lot of people could argue that this could be in the point in the match where uh, Sasha Banks could have decided to turn on Bailey. But ultimately, it didn't happen. They would team up against Lacey. And then, ultimately, they would try to hit a big splash in the, in the corner. Sasha would. And Lacey would move. And ultimately, um, Bailey would inadvertently in hit Sasha Banks with a knee strike, knocking her out. And then Sasha would get back up to her feet, uh, argue with Bailey for a little bit, push her in to uh, Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans would ultimately hit Sasha Banks with the uh, woman dry, get the three count, one, two, three, and Sasha Banks was eliminated. So we were down to the final two. Lacey Evans and Bailey. now, if you, if for fans that don't remember, these two fought at the Royal Rumble event for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and they went back and forth in this, 
in the final stretch of the match. Uh, really was hoping that Lacey would uh, pull off the upset here. That way would set up Sasha and Bayley kind of being aggravated at each other for costing each other the SmackDown Women's Championship and setting up that feud. Was not meant to be. Ultimately, uh, Sasha would get back into the ring, hit a backstabber onto Lacey Evans, and then Bayley would hit a bulldog onto Lacey Evans. Pinner one, two, three, and Bayley aligned with Sasha Banks, would remain the SmackDown Women's Champion. Very strong match. Uh, very good women's elimination match, I have to say. I thought they um, booked this pretty solidly for the direction that they went in. But I just wish that they're going to go in a route to where they're going to have Sasha at some point um, have the Money in the Bank briefcase, maybe, and then cash in on Bailey to become the women, a SmackDown Women's Champion for the first time and complete her Grand Slam as well. We'll see if that happens. I don't know if it will, but a lot on the line, and it was very cool to see how that match unfolded. Match 7 of WrestleMania 36 and Night 2 was the Firefly Funhouse match between John Cena and The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Now, um... <laughs> All I can say is that there was a lot of video package attached to this. Um, it really showed you the career portrayal of John Cena throughout his career. And it really continued to show you how uh, these men would uh, ultimately intertwine with one another throughout their career. And, you know, uh, all I can say is that uh, if fans of Bray Wyatt were happy with this because Bray won, then that's good. You should be happy. But for me, you can't you can't call this a match. You, you, it has to be a uh, cinematic movie experience. That's all I can say about that. Ultimately, you know, it served its purpose. I give John Cena a lot of credit for going going through a lot of this. He didn't have to do this, but he did, and it was very cool to see. John Cena and Bray interact. They, you can tell that both those two work really well with each other. And that was very cool to see. So the winner of the Firefly Funhouse match would be the fiend, Bray Wyatt, after he hit a sister, Abigail, and then um, hit a mandible claw choke slam onto Cena and made Cena pass out to it. And they ultimately paid off and made up the... Um, WrestleMania 30 match between John Cena and Bray Wyatt here. And of course, the main event of WrestleMania 36 Night 2 was, of course, for the biggest prize in all of WWE, the WWE Championship, as 2020 Royal Rumble winner Drew McIntyre challenged Brock Lesnar, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And I believe he's been the champion now seven times. He's been a... Um, four-time WWE champion and a three-time Universal champion. So, um, very interesting to see how these two would go. Uh, Drew McIntyre would hit a Claymore kick early in the match, get a near fall on Brock. Brock would hit multiple German suplexes and an F5, get a one count on Drew McIntyre. This would perplex Brock a little bit. Uh, Brock would hit, get up, hit Drew with a second F5. This time it would get a two count. Uh, get up, hit Brock, hit, hit Drew with a third F5. This would get a closer near fall, and Brock would continue to be perplexed and pacing around the ring. 
And his manager, Paul Hamlin, would say at this that that point, he's really good, Brock. You're going to have to stay on him. Just hit him with another F5. So Brock gets him up, try to get, tries to go for a fourth F5. Drew reverses it, hits him with a Claymore kick for the second time, uh, gets Brock back up to his feet again, hits him with a third Claymore kick, then Brock gets back him up on his feet, hits Brock with the fourth Claymore kick, and one two, three, Drew McIntyre is your new WWE champion and wins his first ever world championship in WWE. Just an amazing payoff and really a very good WrestleMania. Um, despite fans not being there, the performers gave it everything that they could. Uh, by far the best match on the card was the Boneyard match um, to me, um, then followed by the um, Edge and Randy Orton last man standing match and then the Rhea Ripley Charlotte Flair match um, you know those were my top three matches of the event and Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins they had a great match too so those would be my top four matches but overall the Boneyard match definitely lived up to the hype Undertaker and AJ done a fantastic job with each other working with one another both veterans of this game and know how to bring out the very best in each other and that was very cool to see so there's my night two review along with the main event of night one uh it was very cool to see how this wrestlemania was built up and i want to thank a good friend of mine daniel morse for allowing me to come up to his house and watch wrestlemania 36 with him both nights we had a blast watching it together and it was really good that it went three hours and 15 minutes each night it was very perfectly timed out and it was a lot of fun to watch so i wish that they would kind of do something like this moving forward you know kind of do the nxt and the lower card of uh night one for night one of wrestlemania weekend and then do the mid card and then the um heavy duty championship matches for night two of wrestlemania and you could both do them both nights in the stadium if you wanted to, but really it would be it would make the most sense to me if you do the NXT and lower card portion of the event inside the arena that they're going to hold takeover normally at, and then on Sunday you focus on your WrestleMania main card. And there you go, that's what you got out of it. So there's my review of WrestleMania 36, guys, and I just wanted to come to y'all today to talk about it. And this has been episode 50 of the ET Considers Everything podcast. I want to thank everybody who's took time out of their busy days to listen to it in the past. It means the world to have your all support behind me. And I hope that I have uh, given you all some justice and given you all some good review on what took place at WrestleMania 36. And coming up uh, this week, um, we'll have Masters Week on ESPN. It will be a uh, um, rewind each day as they'll go through some of the best final rounds ever. And then um, ultimately coming up this weekend, uh, it's Easter weekend, so no racing event for NASCAR this weekend and uh, all of that good stuff. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see what they decide to do with Major League Baseball and the National Hockey League. Uh, will MLB start in May? Will the National Hockey League decide just to go into the playoffs? 
uh, will the NBA start back in either mid-May or June? There's a lot of questions to be answered with this coronavirus epidemic, and hopefully this curve will flatten out. You know, it's tough being at home for me, and I'll be totally and completely honest with you here flat out. Um, going to work in the sports information office as a volunteer um, it really does a lot for me. It does a lot of good for my mental stability. does a lot of good being around uh, some of my very best friends, including Daryl Dinga Seeley, uh, Chris Davis, Nick Marshall, Corey Sanchez, um, Eric Lamley, just all the people that are there. And, of course, our sports athletic uh, director, um, Kendall Rainey. She does a fantastic job at the college and very thankful to have uh, Daryl Ding Seeley and Kendall Rainey as my bosses. I wouldn't trade them for anybody. Um, they've both been super kind to me throughout my two years at the college, um, and I'm very thankful to be able to help them in any way that I can. I know that I'm not perfect. I know that I make mistakes, but we all do the very best that we can with everything that we're given with the ability that we have. And, and I'm thankful to be able to help out my alma mater in any way possible. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast here before I get emotional. My name's E.T. Eric Tyler Mullins. Thank you for joining me for E.T. Considers Everything podcast episode number 50. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday afternoon and evening. And I'll catch you next time, ladies and gentlemen. For now, I'm E.T. And I'm out.